Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Peloton. Up Friday, stocks rebounding from the biggest sell-off since May. Treasuries fell after unexpectedly strong hiring data bolstered confidence in the American economy, underscoring the Federal Reserve's case for raising interest rates. Right now, the S&P up 16 to 24.26. That's a gain of 7 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 68, higher by 1.1%. The Dow up 100 points, a gain there of 5 tenths of 1%. The 10-year down 230, uh, down uh, 730 seconds, yield 2.39%. Gold down 1370 the ounce to 1209, down 1.1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude down $1.31 a barrel to 44.20, a drop there of 2.9%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Nice work if you can get it, and if you get it, won't you? Nice, a little Ella Fitzgerald for you on this Friday. Uh, the U.S. labor market uh, was robust. You know what the enough. problem with Ella Fitzgerald is? It's not a lot of Ella Fitzgerald. I love Ella Fitzgerald. Lucky enough, and it. I even saw her live. So she's like unbelievable, or was? Uh, U.S. labor to market uh, robust enough last month to draw more Americans off the sidelines and into the workforce. We want to talk about uh, that latest jobs report. Lucky for us, we've got Chris Liu back with us, former Deputy Secretary of Labor under President Obama. Today, senior fellow at uh, University of Virginia Miller Center, and he's joining us on the phone from Virginia. Chris, nice to have you back with Corey and myself. Uh, this report, uh, on most levels, we're seeing this as a pretty robust report minus uh, not a lot of uh, or tremendous wage growth. How do you see it? I, I see it exactly the same. It's a solid report, 222,000 jobs, slight tick up in unemployment, but that's largely because of the labor force participation going up as well. Uh, but I think wages are, and this has been the story of this, you know, now seven-and-a-half-year economic recovery, uh, we're at 2.5% increase of wages. You know, when you calculate inflation being about 1.9%, that's really not a lot, particularly when you look at lower-wage jobs, which uh, for most workers, their wages have been stagnant for, for decades now. So that that's, that's troubling. We'll put it that way. Um, so uh, troubling because, you know, because this, this has been a persistent problem, and it suggests to me that it's, it's not about a, um, a slow recovery. It's about a change in the nature of work. Right, and I know that you've had guests on um, throughout the day who have talked about demographic changes in the workforce, and that's certainly one of the reasons. And there's obviously a lot of other people who still believe that there's slack uh, in the market, and perhaps the Fed raising rates might be a little premature uh, until we start to see more wage growth at this period of time. You know, I think it speaks more broadly to, you know, policy changes that are needed as well. You know, when during the Obama administration, we obviously pushed very hard to increase the minimum wage, but it also speaks to the importance of, Job training, uh, the, the the prioritization that it, um, both parties are putting on apprenticeships right now to upskill people for better uh, better paying jobs. I got to ask you, it's interesting. I mean, right? The Phillips curve would suggest as a tighter labor force, wage inflation. We should see that. I just kind of typed in, googled, you know, wage inflation, or why aren't we seeing wage inflation? I go back to a story a couple of years ago. I know Bloomberg. We've been writing about it for years too. The Economist, you know, is saying why American wage growth is so lousy. So here we are, two years later, more than two years later, and we continue to have this conversation. We talk about a skills gap. Are, are we going to be able to fix this? Well, we, we, we need to. 
um, and I hope so. You know, there are about 6 million open jobs in this country right now. Uh, and, you know, when I talk to employers, even now they tell me that they're ready to hire, but they can't find trained workers. Of those 6 million jobs, about 10% are in IT. There are a lot of open jobs in healthcare and advanced manufacturing. But we really have not figured out a way to train people, um, well, to, to train people for those jobs. And it's, you know, it's investment in STEM education, community colleges, apprenticeships, all of that. We recently had on uh, an individual from Princeton University, and we were talking kind of, I think it was off camera, uh, Corey and I talked with him and our own Janet Lauren, and, and said that, you know, the, maybe the way we're going to be approaching education in the future is you don't go get a four-year degree. You go get a degree that gives you some skills, uh, and then you go out in the workforce, and with things changing so rapidly that maybe then you go back again for a couple of years, and you kind of, or you go for a six-month program or something, and you, you know, kind of fine-tune those skills you have, that things are changing so rapidly. Rapidly in terms of what's needed, uh, that maybe it's going to be a really different change, a 180 in terms of how we think about education and what's needed for a skilled workforce. Well, you're absolutely right. I, you know, this idea that everyone deserves, everyone needs a four-year college is one that we probably need to rethink at this point. We also probably need to rethink the concept that you can survive in this economy with just a high school education. The high school educations need to be geared more towards vocation, vocational training for a lot of people. Community college really has to be a part of the equation for most people. And even people that graduate from four-year colleges, uh, many employers will tell you that they don't even have the skills that they need for most jobs. And then we really need to create a lifelong culture of learning because, uh, you know, the, the industries of the, the 10 or 20 years from now don't even exist right now. And we all need to constantly be training uh, and learning those new skills. So what's government's role in that? Well, government can play an important uh, role in jump-starting job training. But I will tell you that um, what the U.S. government uh, does um, is significantly different than what the German government does uh, in terms of the amount of dollars that are invested. And I would point out that the Trump administration and their budget has called for a $2 billion cut in job training, uh, which will not have the effect that we all want it to have uh, in terms of um, training more people. Um, But I think it's also helping to set better standards for what the training should be, even if it's done by the private sector in terms of apprenticeship. Well, to that point, I mean, hasn't the the government policy been pushing people towards four-year educations and uh, four-year college educations, even when we're talking about some of the, uh, they're not quite diploma mills, but some of the online education options and so on that haven't really provided quality education that have had very high default rates, and yet that has been one of the ways government has sort of uh, uh, promoted higher education. Well, you're right. You know, there's been an unfortunate movement, I would argue, towards for-profit colleges that hasn't necessarily provided the job training. And you see this play out, particularly when it's uh, folks transitioning out of the military, um, being steered into places where they're not getting um, um, the the good education. But I think really, you know, job training has to start K-12, to and it really has to start in pre-K. I mean, we really need to think about our training system as really an educational deficit that we have in this country. See, now I don't feel guilty, Chris Lou, that I've been talking to my 14-year-old about, you really need to think about what you want to do (laughs) already. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny you say that. If you're in Germany at age 16, they start having the conversation with kids about what trade you want to do. We don't do that in the United States. Chris Lou, we really appreciate your time. Thank you for finding uh, time for us once again here at Bloomberg Radio. Great Chris stuff. Lou, yeah. Senior fellow, University of Virginia Miller Center, former Deputy Secretary of Labor under President Obama, joining us on the phone from Virginia. It is good stuff, Corey. You talk to your yeah. girls. I know you do, right? They better get a job. I can't keep doing this forever. <laughs>